Well, welcome back. My name's Sean. I taught last week, and again, we're, we're in this teaching series this month on the, the names or titles of Jesus. The, the Christmas season is upon us, and most of us can't wait to take a break from the, the schedules of life and, and uh, maybe eat dinner with friends and family or just rest or maybe take in a movie. Perhaps um, while we're on the subject of movies, have you noticed that the most anticipated movies, if you were to look at a top 10 list of movies for 2021, that superhero movies fill the list of, of anticipated movies? And I, I don't get it. I, uh, I'm not a superhero kind of guy. I, I, I have watched some of the movies and, and I, I can't explain it. I, I, I just don't get into them. And I, I've talked with others that, that have felt the same way. Apparently, if you're like me, uh, you might feel at times like you're one of a few that, that feels that way. The 2019 Avengers movie, Endgame, which I couldn't tell you really anything about it, at the worldwide box office, raked in $2,797,000,000. Uh, another Avengers movie just right behind it brought in just over $2 billion. And the list goes on and on and on of superhero movies that bring in billions of dollars in the box office. That's not to mention merchandising and, and whatever else that goes along with it. So in this quest to try to understand what is it about these superhero movies that me among maybe a handful of people on the planet don't really get into, why is there this disconnect? I ran a, across an article by a guy named Mark Bowden. Uh, he's a New York Times writer, and he, he wrote an article that says this, why are we obsessed with superheroes movies? And I read this article really trying to figure out why, because I don't get it. I want to share with you a couple of quotes from this article. It's not scripture. It may not change your life, but it was insightful for me about maybe why I'm where I'm at, and we'll see what it does for you. Mark says this, there's, there's five quotes that I want to read to you. Here's the first one. He says, we're living in Hollywood's comic book age, a global obsession. Superhero movies is, are seen by hundreds of millions and are arguably the most consumed stories in human history. Films reflect the taste and values of the period in which they are made. Okay. The second one, he says this, he says, there's no rule, of course, that says that films have to be about anything. One way of looking at comic book movies is to see them as just mental popcorn, meant to be rapidly consumed and forgotten. This may be precisely why so many people love them. They're harmless. Okay. I don't know that I get that, but I can understand if somebody sees them that way. So, third quote, he says... Even if they're not meant to be taken seriously by anyone older than age 12, all stories mean something, even the bad ones. And if heroes are idealized humans, then today's reflect an exaggerated cult of the self. Normal humans are mere bystanders in most superhero movies. Uh, when they're not being crushed or vaporized, the average person is powerless and depends on survival, on the good of the, the will of the gods. 
And the last quote that he says this as he rounds out the article, Matt, Mark Bowden says this, The stories that I read as a boy were no better and, and generally worse than those that I now see on the screen, but my dreams have all changed. And even as the utterly fantastic is made real on the screen, the superheroes seemed silly, the stories seemed fake, but still the kid in me keeps coming back for more. Today we're going to continue in the series this month, the, the Names of Jesus. And I want you to hold on to those thoughts from that article as we look at some scripture and, and talk about this, this name of Jesus. Uh, today we're going to look at the name Mighty God. And where does that come from? And, I, and what do you think of when you think of the name Mighty God? Uh, honestly, for me, Mighty Mouse, Mighty Man, Mighty God, those kind of all flow together. They don't connect to each other, so I'm, I'm not trying to lay that on us. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, is really the first place that, that this reference to Jesus comes forward in Scripture. And it, it says this, uh, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Most definitions in the dictionaries would define mighty, uh, like Merriam-Webster does, and, and say possessing great or impress impressive power or strength, especially on the account of size. But there were a lot of people in the Bible that were described as mighty. Goliath was considered mighty because of his impressive size and, and strength. And what makes the title of Jesus more special than any other mighty people in the Bible. There are a couple of things that I want you to notice here. And to do that, I want to take a little closer look at the Hebrew language. I promise I won't geek out here, but this is pretty cool stuff. Isaiah chapter 9 isn't talking just about a mighty man, but it's talking about a mighty God. And the word for God in the Old Testament is Elohim, and the word for mighty is Gabor. And here these two words are sandwiched together to form the term El Gabor, mighty God. The Bible clearly states that, that Jesus displayed his might by creating the world before he physically entered it. In John chapter 1 verse 3 it says this, that, that all things were made through him and without him nothing that was made was created. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 agrees when it says this. It says that but by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Jesus and were created for him. I love the talk that Louis Giglio does on called Indescribable of how Jesus God speaks the universe into existence. He says that, that out of his mouth comes planets and stars and solar systems as they come into existence. That qualifies as some mighty powerful stuff. But this power of God continues as Jesus put on flesh and walked around the earth. He demonstrated his power over nature, over disease, over demons and over sin. And, and last but not least, 
he demonstrated his power over death. Pastor Scott has said on more than one occasion that, that some people accuse Christianity of worshiping a God that, that's only done one thing, that he, he conquered death and came back to life. I guess they've missed all the other stuff, but still, conquering death and coming back to life would rank as pretty powerful in my opinion. But there's more. The, the Hebrew word that we translate mighty really it means a lot more. The word carries far more than, than just possessing great power and strength. Probably a, a more accurate translation of the word gabor would be our word that we use for hero. That's, it's true that, that it means more than mighty and physical stature, but it really carries this idea of a hero. And the title or name in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 for Jesus is Hero God. It brings this idea forward of, of being courageous, self-sacrificing. We have a warrior God, Jesus, that is also morally excellent. That he is holy and set apart. You know, possessing great strength and, and power really begins to pale in comparison when the other aspects are given here for the name of Jesus. And let's, let's circle back to the, the superhero stuff that I talked about earlier. What if a superhero can throw cars about, around but isn't willing to be courageous or self-sacrificing or morally competent? This superhero may save the planet from a disaster, but does that matter to me if I'm just a bystander in the story? Of all the love stories that have ever been told, of all the heroes that have ever existed, there's a place in my heart that wants to believe that there's a hero that loves me and that loves you, and that I am more than a bystander, that I am fully known and, and God invites me into an intimate relationship with himself. For a lot of us, this, this talk about a, a hero and a love, it, it seems almost too good to pursue. I think we, we find ourselves at times thinking that, that rather choosing to feast on God's goodness, that, that maybe we'll just snack on some mental popcorn that might fill us. And the truth is that we put our hope in a lot of false gods. Money, sex, and, and power, it's just not enough. The most common thing that a lot of us put our hope in is ourselves. And it's easy to get caught up living just for me. At times we feel like that we're drowning in a sea of, of life of irrelevance. We find ourselves preoccupied with trivial pursuits. I heard a, a person recently say this, that, that our private worlds are in crisis. And then as a student pastor, I, I see in students these days that, that whether it's anxiety or, or loneliness or, or addictions or mental struggles, that we need a hero. And not your average hero, but we need a God hero, an El Gabor, a rescuer. One of my favorite verses that I ran across in, in preparing for this talk was Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. And, and it says this, 
The Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. One translation says that he will dance with joy around you. One of the biblical realities for believers is this, that we are not alone. That Jesus is the warrior that my heart has always longed for and that he is ready to fight for me. That he intervenes in my life and that he brings the joy and the hope and the peace that we're looking for. Jesus delights in me that I was created by him and I was made and wired for him. And last, Jesus loves me. Psalm 31 verse 19 says this, it says, how great is the goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before watching, before the watching world. Psalm 31 verse 19 says this, How great is the goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish your love on those that come to you for protection, blessing them before the world watching. And Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, that God demonstrates his love towards us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, as I was preparing for this talk, I I thought about a third day song. It's an older song years ago. Uh, it's called King of Glory. And it says this, Who is this King of Glory that pursues me with his love and haunts me with each hearing of his softly spoken words? My conscience, a reminder of forgiveness that I need. Who is this King of Glory who offers it to me? Who is this King of Angels O blessed Prince of Peace, revealing things of heaven and all its mysteries. My spirit's ever longing for his grace in which to stand, who is this King of glory, Son of God and Son of Man. His name is Jesus, precious Jesus, the Lord Almighty, the King of my heart, the King of glory, who is this King of glory with strength and majesty and wisdom beyond measure, the gracious King of kings, the Lord of earth and heaven, the creator of all things, who is this King of glory? He's everything to me. The Lord of earth and heaven, the creator of all things, he is the King of glory. He's everything to me. As we continue on in this series of, of the names of Jesus, I want you to think about today this title, King of Glory, Mighty God. Is he everything to you? Does the, the affections of your heart grow as you grow in relationship with him? I want to challenge you that if you've looked to other things in this world to, to bring hope and peace to your life, that maybe today is the day to say, I'm done with that. Jesus, you are where it's at. You are the hope that I've been looking for. He desires to rescue you. And if you will ask him, he will come into your life and forgive you of the things that have separated you from a right relationship with you, with him. And he will restore you into relationship with him. 
you can say, God, rescue me, forgive me of my sin, and be the hero of my life. Every story that we've ever heard, the desires of our heart have looked for that. Today can be the day that you begin that relationship with him. God, I thank you for the promises that you give us, but God, I thank you for the God that you are. And God, you are mighty and powerful, but God, you are courageous and self-sacrificing. And God, you are morally competent and holy. God, I thank you that you stepped into our lives, that you have put it on our hearts to look for you. God, I pray for folks today that they would find you, that they would say yes to you. Lord, we love you and we trust you. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I hope this helps. Thanks for listening.